يرفع الله الذين آمنوا منكم والذين أوتوا العلم درجات يرفع الله الذين آمنوا منكم والذين أوتوا العلم درجات والله بما تعملون خبير طيب باب ما جاء في الذبح لغير الله slaughtering فأذن الله سبحانه وتعالى what is الذبح الذبح it is قطع الحلقوم والبلعوم من بهيمة الأنعام it is to cut قطع الحلقوم to cut off the uh, the, the, the two pipes of the of the animal. يعني the حلقوم and the بلعوم are the uh, the pipes which they breathe breathe with and they eat with. You have the pipe that goes down to eat and the pipe that goes down to to breathe, right? And what about the and the two veins? This is the, these are the parts that you cut when you slaughter an animal, okay? For it to spill blood, for it to spill blood. And the reason why I'm saying that is 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 an important reason for this. Okay, So first, the first thing for it to be considered to be adhabhu as an act of worship, it must be cutting that part, as opposed to what, killing it in a way of sacrificing, shooting, all of that stuff. That doesn't come under adhabhu. Someone comes and he hits an animal on the head, on the head. He hits an animal on the head and he dies. Is that considered to be adhabh? No, it's not. Understand? Adhabh. That's number one. For it to be considered to be an act of worship for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, adhabh. That's the first condition. So it had to be قل... it had to be cut from the neck. Number two is It has to be from the animals, the three types of animals which are considered to be behematul anam, which is what? The camel, cows and sheep. Camel, cows and sheep. And obviously what comes under camel, the all different types of camels, different types of cows, buffalo and all of that, and sheep, goats and all of that comes under it. So Shah, Wal Bakar, Wal Ibil. Has to be those. The third way is, and the third condition is that it has to be done in the way that is known in the Sharia. In the Sharia in fiqh, which we're going to come to for those people who come to the Friday class, that we have Bab al Bab al Iman wal Nudur, and things like that. We go through the part where it comes to how to slaughter and the rulings pertaining to slaughtering. So it has to be in according to those rulings for it to be considered to be an act of worship. And from the rulings being mentioned in the name of Allah. Uh, and things like that. طيب على تقربا إلى الله with the intention. The last one is the fourth one is with the intention of getting closer to Allah. With the intention of getting closer to Allah سبحانه وتعالى. Doing this is an act of worship. Everyone got that. Number one is قطع الحلقوم والبلعوم والوديجين من بهيمة الأنعام. For a person to cut the throat. So what we mean by the the, the four parts. The four parts of the animal, of the, of the neck of the animal. So the four parts of the neck of the animal is the, the breathing pipe and the eating pipe and the two wadijain, the jugular veins. The one that's here, the one that's here. slaughter. Okay, all these need to be cut. That's the first thing, first condition. Number two is, min behimati al-an'am has to be an animal from the cows, camel or sheep. Number three is, it has to be away according to the sharia. And number four is, it has to be in, in, with the intention of getting closer to Allah. So if a person does all of that, but he intends just to eat, did he get reward? No, he didn't get reward. But you could have got rewarded. And slaughtering an animal is from the biggest ways of showing your clo- of ta'zim of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
to, to, to venerate Allah Azza wa Jal. Because it is a sacrifice of the body, your own body, and your money as well. Because you have to pay money to get the animal, right? And it's the sign of spilling blood for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the blood of the animal. Allah says in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not receive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not receive the meat nor the the blood but the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he receives that that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gets to the taqwa the taqwa your taqwa it goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your, your piety that you had طيب. so this is when al-dhabhu is considered to be an act of worship for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala طيب. we have a principle another principle write this down qa'idah which is everything kullu ma thabata kawnuhu ibadah anything that has been considered and it's been affirmed that it is an act of worship fasarfuhu ligayri allahi shirk giving it to other than Allah is, is shirk Anything that we have affirmed is an act of worship for Allah, and then giving it to other than Allah is an act of shirk. Anything that we affirm is an act of worship, then giving it or يعني, غير الله, giving it to other than Allah is an act of shirk. Exactly. Now, uh, how, do you, how do you confirm that it's an act of worship? Good question. Very good question, which is what I'm going to come to right now. How do we confirm that something is an act of worship? Let's look at that. Let's look at the definition of, of worship. Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, when he considers, when he talks about an act of worship, he says, an act of worship is everything that Allah loves from actions and anything that Allah is, loves and is pleased with. Whether it be actions, beliefs, or speech. Inward and outward. An act of worship is anything that Allah loves, whether it be speech, so anything that Allah loves and is pleased with, whether it be speech, uh, speech or actions or belief, inward and outward. How do we know Allah loves something? He commands it, for example. Or He says that He's pleased with it. Or that He says that He's pleased with whoever does it. Or the Prophet ﷺ commands it. Or anything that shows Allah is pleased with it, it means the act of worship. For example, Allah says, وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ We're going to come to it here. All, the, all these next few chapters we're going to go through is going to come is going to talk about these things. Qul inna salati wa nusuki wa bahiya wa mamati lillahi rabbil alameen. Allah commands you to say that my salah is for only Allah. My nusuk, my, my slaughtering is only for Allah. Therefore Allah loves it, right? Therefore it's an act of worship. Tayyib. Fadhabhu li ghayrillah. Therefore what is the ruling of worship of doing dhabh li ghayrillah? We have to know is dhabh an act of worship or not? And that's what we're going to come through on the, on the evidences. Tayyib. Is that clear? So I mentioned what dhabh is. And how the, the conditions of that, and if it's an act of worship, uh, then it, it will be considered to be shirk if someone gives it to other than Allah. Why would a person give it to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Well, the mushrikun, what they do is that some of them, when they need a, a child, they will go to the grave of so and so, of someone, and they will slaughter at that grave and spill blood. The, the Arabs, especially, and even not just the Arabs, to be honest, a lot of people, um, which is something that we don't really see much. In, in this country, is that part of honoring someone is to slaughter something for them. For example, to slaughter a camel, when, what they would do is that when, a, when someone would come, a, a big person, a king would come from outside of the city, when he comes next to the city, they will slaughter a camel to show that they're, 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 they're spilling the blood on the, for, you, for you, for that person, which is not allowed. 
Why? Because he's doing, they're doing it to, to venerate that person. Or sometimes what they will do is they will go to the grave of someone out of honoring that person inside the grave, they would slaughter the animal in front of that grave and spill the blood on the, on the grave to show that it's, to, to worship that person. Or they need a child. Or, for example, the, the magician, they go to a sahar, to a sahar, and the sahar says to them, go get a black sheep and slaughter it for the sake of this jinn, and we'll eat all of that meat and you'll, give it, you'll be given a child. And I've seen that myself, subhanAllah. Someone was told this, to do that. And they say, I'm eating, I'm eating this meat so much, it's not, nothing's happening, subhanAllah. Right? These, this is the reason why people, they will do these acts of worship for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. طيب. The evidence is, وَقَوْلِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى when Allah says in the Qur'an, قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهِ Say, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to say, إِنَّ صَلَاتِي Say my salah, وَنُسُكِي and my nusuk. The nusuk in this ayah is الذبح, is slaughtering. That's what it means here, وَنُسُكِي Meaning, and the nusuki, we, we could translate it as his rights, my rights. يعني, your, the rights of hajj, rights of slaughtering, the rights يعني, in terms of the actions. Nusuk. Wa and my life. Wa my death. Lillahi Rabbil Alameen is for Allah, the Lord of Al Alameen. La Sharika Lah. And I will not associate any partners with Him. Al Ayah, the end of the Ayah. And so that shows that it's an act of worship. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands it. Wa qawlihi ta'ala, and Allah says the second evidence is Fasalli li Rabbika wanhar. Pray to Allah and slaughter. And nahar is slaughtering. It's another word for slaughtering. And some scholars, they actually make a difference between an-nahar and dhabh And they say an-nahar is for the camel. You poke it. When you slaughter on a camel, you poke the, 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 the neck here. And the blood comes out, gushes out. And as for the dhabh, then it is to cut the al-hulqum al-bul'um al-wadijin. Like that, right? فَصَلِّ رَبِّكَ وَانْحَرْ So Allah commands us to slaughter. Therefore Allah is Pleased with it, right? Therefore, does it come? Therefore, it's an act of worship, ibadah. Why? What's, what's ibadah? What's the definition of ibadah? If this is packed, you guys can go upstairs. Inshallah, if someone no need to look back. Huh? Allah is. I say again. Any act that Allah is pleased with. Speech, actions, and belief. Inward and outward. That's an act of worship. Therefore, Allah is pleased with it because He commanded it. He's not going to command something that He's not pleased with. وعن علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه قال حدثني رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه he said the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said uh, he commanded me بأربع كلمات with four words and he said لعن الله من ذبح لغير الله لعن الله من لعن والديه لعن الله من آوى محدثا لعن الله من غير منار الأرض رواه مسلم Ali bin Abi Talib, he said that the Prophet وسلم, he cursed four groups of people. Four groups of people were cursed. Number one is, The curse of Allah be upon anyone who, who sought us for other than Allah. What is a la'an? A la'an is, It's for a person to make dua that you are, you lose the hope in, in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning you have no hope. So if someone says, La'an Allah fulan, May Allah curse this person, meaning it's a dua. May Allah not have mercy upon that person. Okay? And that la'an is towards anyone who slaughters for other than Allah. Therefore, it shows that it is haram. And not only is it haram, but it's also a major sin. Because the definition of a major sin is, as some scholars they mention, they say, فَمَا فِيهِ حَدٌّ فِي الدُّنَا أَوْ تَوَعُدٌ بِأُخْرَى فَسِمْ كُبْرَى عَلَى نَصْ 
وزاد حفيد المجد أوجا وعيده بنفي لإيمان ولعن مبعدي بنزل كشدك وقتل النفس إلا بحقها والسحر والسحر وأكل الربا والسحر وأكل الربا والسحر ما قذف النحدي طيب he says اللعن this is one of the is anyone who has any anything in the in the Sharia that has come and he said that the person who does such and such is cursed brothers there's no place you can go upstairs inshallah the space upstairs inshallah barakallah um, the the person who in any place in the Sharia where it said whoever does this is cursed it shows the major sin therefore slaughtering for other than Allah is a major sin if it's a major sin does it mean it's not shirk shirk is a major sin right therefore it's a major sin principle as well which is uh, from the istilahat when you, when, you, when you read as a benefit when you read in the books of aqidah when, we, when the ahl sunnah what do they say they say wala nukaffiru ahadan bil or bil kabira we don't consider someone to be a kafir a disbeliever because of a major sin that they done as opposed to the madhab of the khawarij that's the opinion of the khawarij right they say a person who does a major sin he's a kafir he's a disbeliever so when the, when the, when the people of ahl sunnah when they say we don't, we don't make takfir based on a major sin does not shirk come under a major sin? So do you not make takfir on shirk? Is a bit, right? But what they mean is, when we look in the books of Aqidah, what they mean is, is, is they, 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 they mean a major sin other than shirk. Okay? So when we, whenever you read, وَلَا نُكَفِّرُ أَحَدًا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْقِبْلَةِ We don't make takfir of anyone who does a major sin in the books of Ahl sunnah in Aqidah. What they mean is, we don't make, we don't make takfir of anyone who does a major sin other than shirk. Other than shirk. That's what they mean. Yeah. Now include bid'ah as well. So we don't make the fear on someone based on bid'ah unless the bid'ah is shirk. Yeah. Uh, could that relate to that Allah forgives all sin? Allah can forgive all sin except from shirk if you've done the cause. No, it's not linked to that, not necessarily. It's just the fear is considered to be something else. It looks like a fear, no. You know in that hadith, it talks about heretics. It talks about? This hadith here? Yeah, yeah. It's coming to it, yeah? What, what does that count? Man awa muhdithan, a person who can, does innovation, whoever protects him with his innovation. Man awa muhdithan, whoever protects him with his innovation. Tayyib, uh, we're going to come to that, inshallah. Tayyib, um, similar to that will be awliya. When you, can, when you say the awliya, who are the awliya of Allah, the friends of Allah? We mean uh, the friends of Allah are awliya Allah, are the people who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every believer who's a ta- who has taqwa, except for a prophet. No, even including a prophet. But in the books of Aqidah, when they mention the awliya, they say that what they mean is any believer who any believer who is a mu'min has taqwa except for a prophet. They, disc- they exclude the prophets out of that in the books of Aqidah for a reason. Point is here that لَعَنَ اللَّهُ مَنْ ذَبَحَ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has cursed anyone who slaughters for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the reason why it's cursed is because it's a major sin and it is a shirk billah. And it says لَعَنَ اللَّهُ مَنْ لَعَنَ وَالِدَيْهِ And the curse of Allah be upon the one who curses their parents. How? The hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned that a person who cursed his own parents. So the, the companions they said, how how would he how would he curse his own parents? They said, he said he will curse that person's parents, and that person will curse his parents back. Then it's because so because of his his he started his his cursing someone else's parents, his parents were cursed. So it's as if he's cursed his own parents because he made someone else do it to his parents. But that's a lot of examples like that in the Sharia, where the Allah the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He prohibited something because it leads to something. Or he called something a, a certain sin because it leads to that certain sin. Like for example, what? Huh? Zina. Zina, huh? Where? No, 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 no. Huh? Where did the Sharia call something Zina but it's not actually Zina because it leads to Zina? Hmm. 
Perfume. When the woman comes out with perfume, she comes out with perfume for the woman, for the men to smell it. She's a zania. Why? Because it leads to, it leads to zina. Similarly, the one who curses their parents because they curse someone else's parents, so their parents were cursed, so they were considered to be the one who cursed their parents in the first place. And that's a, again from the principles of what? What's the principle that we took about that? What's the principle that we took about that? So, so is it the same punishment? No, no, it's not the same punishment. No, 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 no. What's the principle we took from that? No, something is cursed. Obviously, made just. La, la, la. When you say that, someone, someone lead, it leads to something oh, different. Yeah, What's the principle? Whatever leads to a hasin, becomes haram. Taib, you understand that? La, an Allahu man awa muhdithan may Allah curse the one who protects a an innovator. Wa an Allahu man ghayra manara manara al ard and Allah has cursed the one who changes the earth. Meaning, he owns some land. And he makes his land one meter a bit longer to go into the next person's land. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cursed that person. Another hadith of Bukhari Muslim. Uh, the Prophet said, Whoever changes the earth, he will, be cut, he will be dragged and punished from seven earths down below. And in the hellfire, he will be punished as well. Now. You know, in the fiqh lesson we, we, took, we learned about building pathways and yeah. standing and up. Is this, this is that, yeah. So it has to be conditioned, but anything, what are you trying to say? If there's no condition, then. No condition of what? As in that he doesn't ask for permission and stuff like that. It's not, his land. it's not his land. He has a one meter, he has 10 meter land, and he increases, builds 11 meter, and he says, This is my land as well. Steals it basically. Oh. He steals earth. Man ghayya man arad arad. He changes the plots of land. Wa'an tariq ibn Shihab in anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal. From tariq ibn Shihab, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Dakhal al jannata rajulun fi dubab. A man enter into, entered into Jannah because of a fly. And a man also entered into the hellfire because of a fly. How is that, O Messenger of Allah? He said, Two men, they walked past, they were walking, and they, were, they walked past a group of people who had an idol. No one's allowed to go past this idol unless they give they offer something. They give an offering. You know how the Hindus they have their offerings and that. No one's allowed to go past these idols unless you give an offering. They said to one of them, give something as an offering. Otherwise, you're not allowed to go past. He said, I don't have anything to give. They said to him, give anything even if it's a fly. Just give a fly, offer a fly. فَقَرَّبَ ذُبَابًا And so that person, he gave a fly as an offering. فَخَلَّوْ سَبِيلَهُ فَدَخَلَ النَّارِ So they let him go and so he was entered into the hellfire. Because he, he, because he gave a fly. He gave a fly for the sake of this idol. وَقَالُوا لِلْآخَرَ And they said to the other one, قَرِّبْ Give something. فَقَالَ مَا كُنْتُ لِأُقَرِّبَ It was not beneficial, it was not befitting for me to ever give anything as an offering لِأَحَّدٍ شَيْئًا دُونَ اللَّهِ For anyone other than Allah Azza wa Jal. So they cut off his neck, and they, 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 they killed him, and so he entered into, the, into Al-Jannah. So the man he entered into the hellfire, why? Because he gave a fly. The person could ask, was this, were, they, were they not forced? Were they not forced? Why is he entering into the hellfire? So the ulama, they, they have reason, they say. And they give, they give a lot of reason for this. Generally, generally, the principle is that anyone that sorts for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is shirk. It is it's shirk. Is this considered to be slaughtering? Was it was it cutting? It wasn't it wasn't cutting the the the, 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 the shirk, was it? It wasn't. But why why did he enter why was it shirk here? Just because of his intention. Just because of his intention is considered to be shirk, to get something closer for the sake of the idol. That's why it was shirk. And it comes under Adhabh Li Ghirila Bil Ma'na in terms of the meaning, not in terms of the actual 
the actual slaughtering. But because of the intention of getting closer to Allah, getting closer to the idol, sorry, he tried to get closer to the idol with that fly, then he entered into hellfire. Was he forced? We say, they give different interpretations of why he entered into the hellfire. Some of them, they say he didn't want to give something at the beginning. He intentionally didn't want to at the beginning, but he gave it at the end, intentionally, out of, out of happiness. He was happy to do it. And the one who is excused is the one who is not happy about the shirk that he's doing. Allah says in the Quran, مَنْ كَفَرَ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ إِمَانِهِ إِلَّا مَنْ أُكْرِهَ وَقَلْبُهُ مُطْمَئِنٌ بِالْإِيمَانِ The one who is forced to do shirk, whilst his heart is mutma'in, is happy with iman, that person, he's not considered, he is considered to be uh, forgiven or excused. As for the one whose heart is, وَلَكِنْ مَنْ شَرَحَ بِالْكُفْرِ صَدَرًا As for the one whose heart is open to kufr, then that person is not excused for doing the act, even if he was forced. Because he was, he was open to doing it. That's number one. Number two is that he could have went back. They give another interpretation. They say that he could have went back. He, was, he wasn't forced to go past that, 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 that pathway. He could have just went back instead of going, past, going through that pathway. Right? But then why did they kill the other guy when he refused? They say because he was... He said, "Ma kuntu liuqarrib liyahadin shayyan ghayr Allah azza wa jalla." Doing Allah azza wa jalla, I never. Um, he said it in a, in, a, in, a, in a strict way, to a way they were offended, so they killed him. That's another interpretation that they give. And some of them they say that lam lam yurid al-taqarrub ibtidaan. The person he wanted, to, he never wanted to do it at the beginning, but he wanted to do it at the end. Therefore, he was entered into the hellfire. The point is, he wanted to do it. Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa taala is never going to punish someone who was forced to do something whilst he was not happy with it and so therefore we give that interpretation this is from remember we mentioned the ayats which are clear cut and the ayats which can be interpreted remember because remember the ayats some, some are clear cut some can be interpreted this one is something that a person can use he say okay why is it like that he can use it to be, to, for his own desires we say look at the clear cut ayats which show that a person is not punished for being forced therefore he was not forced even if you it seems like he was forced in the, in the hadith is the person going to be taken out of the hellfire? No, the kafir mushrik, disbeliever. He'll be in the hellfire forever. I, I heard that opinion is that the person that, um, that in previous religions they would have been. Ahsan naam. That's another opinion, which is that in the previous in the legislations there was no excuse for force. If you're forced to do something, then you are not allowed to do it. Yeah, if someone's about to kill you or you do shirk, you have to accept to be killed. That's in the previous, in the, in the, uh, the, the, before Islam. And what's the evidence for that? The hadith of the Prophet sallam said, uh, Inna Allah, Allah, Allah has forgiven my ummah. Show me that specific to this ummah. Inna Allah an ummati al uh, Any mistake that they may do, anything they forget, and anything they're forced to do. So therefore it's specific for our ummah. As for the previous nations, if they were forced to do a sin, they weren't allowed to do it. They would have to be patient and be killed. You have to accept that being killed. As for our ummah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mercy upon this ummah because we are the best of ummah. Umam. Rawahu Ahmed. It was narrated by Imam Ahmed. Rahimahullah ta'ala. Is that which one is better? Which one is strong opinion of all of them? Or if you're forced to do something and to or be patient to be killed, then it depends. Um, some of them they say when it comes to matters of shirk and tawheed, then it's better to be patient and not to not to go down, not to not to. Uh, it's better to be patient on being killed. When it comes to matters of of shirk, as for when it comes to matters of eating pork, for example, because you're about to die, مثلاً, then it's better to to eat it. It's better. Damn. Are you sure? Uh, Ahmed. Narrated by Al Imam Ahmed. Now. Sheikh, 
previously that they would get slaughtered in half and they wouldn't turn back from their religion. Yeah, yeah. The Prophet said that the people before us, they will be slaughtered, they will be, they will be cut in half, and their skin will be peeled. And they wouldn't leave their religion because of that. And that's a shahid for that. Rawahu Imam Ahmed, is narrated by Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah ta'ala. Where was it narrated by? When? Is it on? Check the battery. No, it's not about. Any questions? Whilst we wait. The next one is, uh, so this is narrated by Imam Ahmed, right? When, he, when someone says that it's narrated by Imam Ahmed, what do you mean? Ahmed ibn Hanbal, where? What book? In the Muslim of Imam Ahmed, right? But this, this hadith is not in the Muslim of Imam Ahmed. Rather, it's been narrated in the, in the book of Imam Ahmed known as Az-Zuhd. Az-Zuhd. From the hadith of Salman al-Farisi. Not from Tariq ibn Shihab, from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So there's a mistake there. Um, but it's narrated by Salman al-Farisi. And we have a principle in Ilm al-Hadith, which is that كل ما يقال من قبل الرأي If a Sahabi says something out of his own, لا يقال من قبل الرأي It's something that you can't say out of your own opinion. يعني, for example, you say someone entered into hellfire. Can the companion know that without having knowledge from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa He can't, right? Therefore, we assume that he heard it from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So this story was narrated by Ahmed in al-Zuhd from Salman al-Farisi radiyallahu anhu. But he heard it from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Why? Because it's a story of the past. And it's impossible for him to have heard it. From or to make it up himself, therefore, or to say it out of his own opinion, therefore, it's considered to be a hadith which is marfu' from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The next, the masail of his bab. Is that clear, guys? Yeah. So that that is a principle. This principle that we took. The reason why I took a bit of time on that principle, especially, is because anything that is an act of worship that is done for other than Allah subhanahu wa taala, then it, giving it to other than Allah is a shirk. And the reason why is because the next three chapters is going to revolve around this principle. We're going, to, we're going to basically mention acts of worship that are normally or many a times done to other for other than Allah, such as slaughtering for other than Allah, al-istighatha, making dua to other than Allah, and things like that. And so we're going to prove what, that it is an act of worship, therefore giving it to other than Allah is an act of shirk. Now. So you mentioned when you gave the definition for slaughter that it has to be um, a camel, sheep, or a cow. Mm. And then if you slaughter for, if you slaughter a, a, a fly, for example, so how do you reconcile the two? Exactly. The definition of for you to get for you to get closer to Allah, closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Can you slaughter a chicken to get closer to Allah? No, you can't. But you can. But you can still slaughter it and can eat it. You say Bismillah. But it's not an act of worship itself. In terms of it's not dhabh lillah. It's not an act of adhabh, getting closer to Allah. But if a person does it for other than Allah, why is it considered to be shirk? Because of his intention. He had... Is that hot? It's warm, it's warm. It's warm, huh? Turn off. Because of his intention. 
You understand? So even if it's a fly. But if you try to give a fly, sort of, uh, give a fly for the sake of Allah, is that an act of worship? Will you reward for it? No, you won't. But you're not punished for it. Or, or a chicken. You're eating it, right? But if you want to get closer to Allah in Hajj and Umrah, for example, or in Kafarat, when it comes to giving penalties for, you have to, you have to slaughter one sheep or penalty, right? All of it only comes under camels, cows or sheep, nothing else. Right, for example, if you have a person who does Sayyid in Hajj, a person who goes, and, goes hunting in Hajj, and he kills a, a rabbit, and he has to make up for it, right? What does he slaughter? He slaughters a sheep, he doesn't really slaughter a rabbit for it, he slaughters a sheep. It's always a sheep, cow, or camel. Yes, yes, it's hot. Yes. The first one which is the tafsir of Allah when Allah says قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِ My nusuk is what? Slaughtering, a dhabh. Right, like it means a dhabh here in this ayah, remember. Al-thaniya tafsir qawlihi فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَنْحَرْ Pray for Allah, وَنْحَرْ and slaughter. They say in this ayah, فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَنْحَرْ Pray for Allah meaning salat al-eid. وَنْحَرْ يعني عيد الأضحى. Slaughter for the, you know in Eid when we slaughter? That's the ayah. They say that some of the salaf they, they interpreted this ayah as the spraying of praying Salat al Eid and slaughtering the slaughter of of Eid. Look how Allah subhanahu in the hadith the, the Prophet started off by cursing the one who slaughters for other than Allah. The curse of anyone who curses his parents. The curse of anyone who curses his parents. Is that, and part of that is for you to curse someone else's parents and they curse your own parents then that is cursing your own parents because you caused them to curse your parents and the curse of the one who protects an innovator someone who takes away the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so he runs to someone who's going to protect him right so he does an innovation for example and he goes and he looks at someone to protect him for that innovation the difference between cursing a person who is specific and cursing the people of sin. There's a good mess, an important message to know. What's the ruling of cursing someone? Cursing an individual. What's the ruling of cursing an individual? In the Sharia, we have that um, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you won't find him generally cursing a person. You won't find him saying, may Allah curse this person. Or, May Allah curse so and so. And so the scholars they, they now discussed what's the ruling of cursing of cursing an individual. We have in the Quran and Sunnah cursing of of groups. For example, the curse of Allah be upon the oppressors. That's a group of people, oppressors. Or um, the one you disbelief, right? Disbelievers, right? Um, and things like that. What about, what about cursing in an individual person? Say, may Allah curse so-and-so, this person is by his name. Whoever it is, whether it be a believer or a disbeliever. The scholars, they differ on this. And what shows in the evidence is that the Prophet ﷺ, he, after, after the battle of, uh, one of the battles, he stood up and he would curse uh, some people. From amongst them being Abu Jahl and, and the group of people from Quraysh. He would curse them. 
in, in the salah. One month he would do qunut, cursing those people who killed the Muslims, right? And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed in the Quran after that, لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٍ You have no power over this affair. Talking to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you have no power. لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٍ You have no, you know, no power on this. So then he stopped doing that because of that. So some of the, some of the ulama, they say because of this, it shows that it is not allowed to curse an individual. It's not allowed to do la'an on any individual person except for individuals who have been cursed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the, in the Quran and in the Sunnah. As for cursing any other individual, then it is not allowed. Rather, it is, it is, it is not allowed. That's why he says, الفرق بين لعن المعين ولعن أهل المعاصي. The difference between cursing an individual person and cursing a people of sin, like the hadith we took, right? لعن الله من ذبح لغير الله. لعن الله من لعن والديه. لعن الله من آوى محدثا. لعن الله من غير منار الأرض. We have these hadith which curse a group of people. As for cursing individuals, then you don't find that after that prohibition came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. No. So if someone's um, oppressed, yeah, or someone oppresses if someone oppresses someone, are you allowed to curse them? Look at look at the difference, huh? When we say curse, what did we say? La'an is it's a dua that a person is taking out of the mercy of Allah. Meaning, you are making dua, may Allah not have mercy upon this person. And what is part of the mercy of Allah? That person becomes Muslim. That person, he becomes good. He changes. That's part of the rahmah of Allah. So for you to ask Allah to curse this person, it is you making dua that Allah never allows him to enter into Jannah. Allah never allows him to even become Muslim or to even change. Right? And that's, that's, that's something that no one wants. Right? As for if someone oppresses you, then no, even then you're not allowed to do la'an. La'an. Which is what? This specific, which is to ask Allah to have mercy upon you. La'an. As for making dua against them, that's different. In that case, someone oppresses you, you're allowed to make dua against them. That's only if they oppress you. Like Allah says in the Quran, لا يحب الله الجهر بالسوء من القول إلا من ظلم. The one who's oppressed, he's allowed to make dua against that person. Dua against them, and it's better not to. Mm. If the word la'an isn't specifically mentioned, but it alludes to them being cursed, like Abu Lahab, would that would he be? Yeah, it's a lot. Abu Lahab is cursed. La'an, mal'oon. Yeah, Abu Lahab, Abu Jahl, people who know Fir'aun, Iblis, all of them have been mentioned that they will be in the hellfire forever. Therefore, they let cursing them is is different. That's a lot. Also, Jazakallah Sheikh, the Messenger of Allah to curse the believers as if you kill them. And from the punishment of cursing, that they will not be shuhada and shufa'a, they will not be deceived on behalf of the people, nor they will be a witness. This punishment because of their curse. Because of their curse. No. SubhanAllah, the person will not be shufa'a on their judgment because of their curse. Jazakallah Khairan. So, what's the difference between Allah and Allah? La'an and La'na La'an is the master They're both, they're both similar to be honest La'na and La'an They're both the same Lakin you would say That the La'na is the One individual curse Well La'an is the ism Of the Of a La'an Of cursing The name of cursing It's the name Or individual It's like um, As-sujood wa-sajda Sujood wa-sajda You understand? Wa-ish what? What else? Similar to that, the words like that. Is that clear? Taib. Naam. Is making dua halak of somebody, is that la'an as well? No. Making dua someone to be destroyed is allowed. If you're someone oppressed. Like it's not the same person. Cursing is specific. We're talking about, remember when we say la'an, we say a specific thing, right? La'an. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
نعم لاست كويستشن طيب السابعة الفرق بين نعم الثامنة هذه القصة العظيمة this great story وهي قصة الذباب story of the fly التاسعة كونه دخل النار بسبب ذلك الذباب الذي لم يقصده بل فعله تخلصا من من شرهم he was entered into the hell fire because he didn't even intend that fly but he done it in order to تخلصا من شرهم to stay away from the evil that they're going to do to him العاشرة معرفة قدر الشرك في قلوب المؤمنين look at the shirk how big it is in the hearts of the believers that a person he would rather he would rather be killed then to do any act of shirk. كيف صبر ذلك على القتل? He was patient. ولم يوافقهم على طلبهم. And he never agreed with them. He never done what they commanded him to do. مع كونهم لم يطلبوا إلا العمل الظاهر. Even though they only intended the outward action. They didn't say become a kafir and it's inward. Because no one control, can control your, your heart, right? But it's still because of the how aziz that Tawheed is in the heart of the believers. How precious Tawheed is in the heart of the believers. He never done it. الحادية عشرة أن الذي دخل النار مسلم the one who entered into the hellfire he was a Muslim before that لأنه لو كان كافرا if he was a disbeliever already لم يقل دخل النار في ذباب في ذباب he wouldn't have, wouldn't have entered into the hellfire because of the fly he was, he was a Muslim and then he became a kafir because of the action and that, is a, like that shows how, how, how close a person can be to shirk and kufr والعياذ بالله الثانية عشرة فيه شاهد للحديث الصحيح in it there is a, 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 a witness for the hadith that is authentic that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said الجنه أقرب إلى أحدكم من شراك نعله the jannah is closer to one of you than your own shoelaces والنار مثل ذلك and the hellfire just like that is closer to you than your shoelaces because it can happen just like that anything can happen that will enter in the person's hellfire so we seek the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from such actions الثالثة عشرة number 23 is معرفة أن عمل القلب هو المقصود الأعظم that the intention that we know that the actions of the heart is the most, most important thing the action of the heart what you intended to do is the most important thing. Because the person you entered into the hellfire, not because of the fly. Again, we mentioned the fly was not slaughtered for the sake of Allah. It was just a fly. But because he intended to, for that fly to be a, an, a, an offering to that, to that idol. Even those people who worship uh, idols, they only intend the action of the heart. This chapter is talking about, next chapter guys, this chapter is talking about slaughtering for Allah in a place where people used to slaughter for other than Allah. Slaughtering for Allah in a place where people used to slaughter for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does that mean? A person, there's a place, a gathering, a a place where the mushrikun, they used to go and they used to have their parties and they used to have their idol worshipping things and all of that stuff. Um, They are their rituals. They have that place. And you go to that same place and you don't intend to slaughter for the idol that even used to be there. But rather, and there's no idol there anymore, but rather you intended to slaughter for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the ruling on that? And the point is, here, is it's not allowed. As a quick ruling I'll tell you before. It is not allowed. Why? Because in it there is tashabbuh lil kuffar. There is an imitation of the disbelievers. Therefore, i ask you guys a question. Is it a condition for something to be considered to be imitating the kuffar? Is it a condition for you to intend to imitate them? No, it's not. 
if your your act of worship can your act any act not just act of worship if your the way you look or what you're doing it can be interpreted by people or normally it is interpreted by people that you're imitating a group of people who are kuffar or fasaqa people who are uh, immoral people then it's not allowed even if you didn't intend it do you understand that for example a person he wears earrings Muslim wears earrings Muslim man he wears earrings and he said to him why are you wearing earrings he said just because it looks good طيب he said he said to him this, this is imitating the kuffar I said, I don't, intend, I don't intend to imitate the kuffar. Is that acceptable from him? No. Because it is an imitation of the, of the, of the disbelievers, all the bad people, whether you like it or not. Tayyip? Exactly. So intent, imitating, the, imitating the disbelievers, intention is not, in, uh, not a shot. It's not a condition for that. Exactly. Tayyip? Sheikh, what about tracksuits? Because a lot of drug like, dealers, they wear tracksuits. Good question. Intending the kuffar, the dhabit, it has to be something that is specific to that group of people. Tracksuit is not specific to that group of people. It has to be something that is specific to that group of people. When the person sees that person, automatically he is known for that. They are, they are known to, to be those people. And if he gets to that point where tracksuits become an alam, a sign for only a group of people who are moral, immoral, then he will become not allowed. He won't be, he won't be allowed anymore. Is that, nah. is that the same for like haircuts and stuff? Haircuts, everything. Anything that, that, that comes under that. Bah. Yeah, but when it, when it comes to haircuts nowadays, like everyone has different, like everyone wear, uh, has uh, different shades on their head, so now it isn't considered. Are you sure it's not, yeah? No, I mean... <laughs> You're asking, you didn't. I'm saying now we don't see it as... Um, uh, if you don't see it... But no, no. If you don't see it, if it's not seen as that anymore, then it's okay. You understand? It's the ruling can change, yeah. The ruling can change. It can become something that's immoral and, and it changes. What difference of opinion? No. You're talking about something else, I think. You're talking about qaza, which is an act, which is something else, which is uh, changing, it's shaving part of the hair and, and leaving part of the hair. That's different. That has its own ruling in the Sharia. But right now we're talking about the act of imitating the disbelievers, imitating the people who are immoral. No. Who determines that is specific to the kuffar? The people, how it's seen amongst the people. Generally. Yes. Why? Because we have the principle which is Al-Ada Muhakkama. The principle is that the customs of the people, it makes a ruling. And Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said, مَا رَآهُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ حَسَنًا فَهُوَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ حَسَنًا Whatever the believer they see to be good, then it's good for Allah, in, with Allah. Obviously in terms of customs, not acts of worship. وَمَا رَآهُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ قَبِيحًا أو سَيِّئًا فَهُوَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ سَيِّئًا Whatever the believer they see to be evil, then it's something that's evil according to them. To the people, the believers, of course, now. طيب وقول الله تعالى لا تقوم فيه أبدا. The first evidence for that is that in the, in, the, in, the, in the Quran, when Allah subhanahu wa taala talks about the Masjid, Masjid al-Dirar. Well, Masjid al-Dirar is the Masjid that was built in al-Madina at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam by the Munafiqun, by the Munafiqun. And one of them he went to Sham and he said that build this Masjid and I'm going to come to give you victory over the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So the hypocrites, when they got that message, they were happy. They said, we're going to build this masjid together, together, and plot against the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when that man comes from Syria, from Sham, he's going to give us victory against the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they built that masjid. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لَمَسْجِدٌ أُسِّسَ عَلَى التَّقْوَ I said, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مَسْجِدًا ضِرَارًا وَكُفْرًا Those people who took a masjid as a dirar, harmful for the believers. وَكُفْرًا and disbelief. They took the masjid, they built a masjid just for, for disbelief, to spread the disbelief and the hypocr- hypocrisy. They never. 
والذين اتخذوا مسجدا ضرارا وكفرا وتفريقا بين المؤمنين وارصادا لمن حارب الله ورسوله من قبل and they wanted to disunite the believers that's the reason why they made this masjid وارصادا لمن حارب الله and to help those people who went to war against the prophet sallallahu to the believers وحارب الله they went they went to war against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala من قبل وليحلفن ان اردنا الا الحسن والله يشهد ان انهم كاذبون they swear to Allah that we only want to do good we're building a masjid what's wrong with that just a masjid right Wallahu yashhadu innahum lakadhibun Allah witness that they are liars Then he says La taqum fihi abada Do not stand in there and ever Do not ever stand in there So why did he prohibit uh, the people The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa From standing inside that masjid Because he's imitating those Munafiqun, those hypocrites In their prayer Because they're praying inside the masjid Therefore you're not allowed to go pray Inside that same masjid Because of the intention that they had for For that masjid So that's the evidence for that وعن ثابت بن الضحاك رضي الله عنه قال So that's, that's general for Imitating the kuffar, right? In acts of worship. But this hadith is specific. And A man, he took a nether, an oath by Allah, an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he's going to slaughter in a, a, a camel. In a place called Buwana. And Buwana, they say, is south of Mecca. Place south of Mecca. And some people, they say, it's near, closer to Medina. And some people say, it's part of Mecca. Wallahu a'lam where it is. Bubuana. Why? Why specifically Buana? Right? Um, and they say that they had an intention to slaughter Bubuana because it's next to the sea and things like that. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you asked. He said, Was there ever, ever in that place a wathan, um, an, an idol from the idols of Al Jahiliyyah that used to be worshipped? فقالوا, قالوا, no, there was, never, there, was never, there was never any idols. قَالَ فَهَلْ كَانَ فِيهَا عِيدٌ مِنْ أَعْيَادِهِمْ Was there any Eid from the, the celebrations from the celebrations of the Mushrikeen? Did they used to celebrate them? قَالُوا لَا They said no. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَوْفِي بِنَذْرِكَ فَفِيُّ يَقُمَسْ Meaning, slaughter the animal. فَإِنَّهُ لَا وَفَاءَ لِنَذْرٍ فِي مَعْصِيَةِ اللَّهِ Because you cannot fulfill a promise that you made to sin. And you say, I swear by Allah I'm going to do this sin. It's not allowed to fulfill that. وَلَا فِي and you can't do a promise or another in anything that you don't own. I mean, you can't do. Rawah Abu Dawood wa Isnaduhu ala Shartima. This narrative by Abu Dawood and his chain of narration is in accordance to the conditions of the Bukhari and Muslim. Meaning, it's authentic chain of narration. The point is here. Where's the point of evidence here? Where is it? If the Prophet if, if the other, if the Sahaba said yeah, then the Prophet said don't slaughter them. But the fact that he, he would have said it. But was the, it's clear. Yeah. The, hmm? Two questions he asked him. The fact that he asked the question in the first place. Yeah, that's yeah. easier. But I can you're right as well. The fact that he asked the question, there is a qa'id in the sharia that when the person he leaves doesn't ask a question, when there's a, there's a possibility that there could be two options here. So you don't ask. Someone says, Can I do this? And he says, No. When but there is a possibility that you could do, it could be this or that. But he just says, No, generally. That shows that. The prohibition is for both things. That's the principle, right? If you don't ask, then it shows that prohibition is general. Therefore, if you do ask about this, when he asked, when the Prophet ﷺ, he asked, was there a, 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 an idol that used to be worshipped there? That shows that if there was an idol, he would prohibit it. The fact that he asked shows that it's not allowed. Is that clear? Inshallah, that's clear. The fact that he asked shows that it's not, it's not allowed now. Another brother behind you. <laughs> Or even some workplaces, they've got um, multi faith prayer rooms. That's a very good question. I have to pray in there. Is it asking? Yeah. Very good question. Umar bin Khattab. Is it the same principle? 
نعم أحسن very good question عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه he prayed in a in a church right so do we say he's not allowed to do that or why is it why is it, why is it different you are not allowed to pray salah in a church or you are allowed to pray salah in a church but you are not allowed to slaughter for the sake of Allah in a place where other than Allah was slaughtered why because you got different looks أحسن because the acts of worship are two different acts of worship in a church do the Christians pray like we pray no so therefore it's clear that this person is not Christian As for the slaughtering, is it the same? The mushrik and the kaf and the believer, is it is it is it different? It's the same, right? That the slaughtering is going to be the same. So therefore, when someone looks, he's going to see that this person is going to be confused. What is he slaughtering for the idol? Is he slaughtering for Allah? He doesn't know. So because of the fact that it is mushabah, it looks like it. It was not allowed. You understand? So therefore, going to pit multiple 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 multi-faith rooms is allowed as long as there's no conditions of that being a statue. There's no statues there or grave or anything like that. Then it's about no. Quickly. Uh, there's certain masjids in some places like Turkey where they there's a grave of Sahaba or something. They built masjid around. Are you allowed to pray in that masjid? That's if if there's a grave inside the masjid, inside the masjid, then you're not allowed to pray inside that masjid. It's not, huh? Because it's a graveyard. It's because it's a graveyard. No, hasn't. That you're not allowed. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam prohibited us from praying inside places where there where there's graves. Exactly. What about the Jews? They don't pray the same though. Okay. Allah alam if they pray the same. But generally it's Allah. They don't pray the same though. Their prayer is different. Muhammad, no question you can ask. Go on. No, no, no. I was just saying, you've got a big flag saying Latin, Latin, and you've got a big family, it's on a big bed. Can you slaughter in that same place? Yeah. Does it look the same? No. It's not Allah. Because the act is slaughtering. <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good question. It's, not, it's an act of, of slaughtering. Because slaughtering is the same. You understand? Someone who sees it, he might think it's the same. Now, Allah. You said it? Imam Shafi'i in his Kitab al-Um. The Masail of the chapter Ula Tafsiru Kawlihi La Takum Fihi Abada the Tafsir of the eye when he says La Takum Fihi Abada do not ever stand there. Thania and Nal Ma'asiata Kadtu Astiru feel a fiafil Ardi Wakadalika Ta'ah that the sin has an effect on the earth, just like that the obedience also had an effect on the earth because you can't slaughter in that place. A thalita radul masalatil mushkilati ilal masalatil bayina liazul al ishkal to bring the masail which are a bit ambiguous. And return them to the um, to the clear issues. Yeah, and if something is um, ambiguous, why did this happen? Then you bring it back to the issues which are clear to explain it. ليزول الإشكال so that there becomes no problem. الرابعة استفصال المفتي إذا احتاج إلى ذلك. A mufti needs to ask if he needs to. He should ask if he needs to. Yeah, and if a person asks a question and just gives general answer, he doesn't understand the question. That's problematic. And that's one of the characteristics of a good mufti. الخامسة أن تخصيص البقعة بالنذر لا بأس به إذا خلا من الموانع. shows that we're allowed to say that I'm going to slaughter in a certain place. you might you're allowed to make a, an oath for a certain place on the earth. as long as there's no prohibition for that such as shit and kufr and things like that. السادسة المنع منه إذا كان فيه وثن من أوثان الجاهلية ولو بعد زواله is not allowed for you to slaughter in that place even if they used to be even if they used to be a وثن an idol from the idols of jahiliya even after he was gone. سابعة المنع منه إذا كان فيه عيد من عيادهم ولو بعد زواله and you're not allowed to also slaughter in that place if there was a celebration from the celebrations of the mushrikun in that place 
الثامنة number eight أنه لا يجوز الوفاء بما نذر في تلك البقعة لأنه نذر معصية you're not allowed to fulfill that promise because it would have been a promise which is a sin so يعني if say I'm going to I promise to slaughter an animal um, in front of the grave of today they slaughter the grave of who? Al-Badawi in Misr in Egypt at his grave I'm going to slaughter at his grave it's not allowed even to Allah and if you, if you promise to do so you're not allowed to do that طيب التاسع الحذر من مشابهة المشركين في عيادهم ولو لم يقصده they're not allowed to be imitate the mushrikun in their celebrations even if you don't intend it it's not allowed العاشرة لا نظر في معصية that you can't fulfill an oath of sinning so you can't say I promise to Allah I'm going to do this such and such sin it's not allowed for you to fulfill it لا نظر لابن آدم فيما لا يملك and a son of Adam cannot make an oath in something that he does not own another so we spoke about another a lot right so this chapter now is going to be talking about another now at the back hand hand the Muslims about the Muslims 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 Slaughtering, we mentioned. Do they slaughter? Because if they slaughtered at places, because you know the mushrikun, what they used to do is that you're not allowed to do anything that they do. Anything that they do, you're not allowed to do with that, with that Christmas tree. Having a Christmas tree in your house, saying it's just Christmas time. I'm not trying to do it. I don't intend to, you know, uh, worship the Christmas tree or celebrate Christmas. It just looks nice and the Christmas trees are te- cheap right now. And the lights are cheap. And they're not allowed. It's not allowed, right? You understand? So you're not allowed to do what they do in their acts of worship. Is that clear? It's, it's not an act of worship, but is it um, prohibited to buy gifts as well? Christmas? Even in Christmas? Yeah, specifically because it's Christmas. It's not allowed. Because it's cheap. And if it doesn't... The intention is, is the price. It's not the, the gift in it itself. Allah, I don't know. Allah, I don't know. I don't know. No. So you see the... Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Allah maybe no. And it's a good, good, good. There's a good argument, huh? Inshallah, oh no, Allah And I can show. He said that. He said that even after the thing is gone. So what about wearing certain clothing that have pictures that has names that are names of jahili of of of, of, of what God besides Allah Subhanahu wa Taala even after it's gone. For example, knife. Was it allowed? And they released that now, and they released saying the goddess of victory and stuff like that. Like, and now, can we use this hadith to prove that things that even if they had it, they had it in a, they, they, they insinuated shirk in the past, are you still not allowed to wear it because of the fact that even if you've got no one considered it to be from the shirk because of this hadith? Allahu Akbar. Inshallah, we'll speak about that, inshallah. Barakallah. Babu, mina shirk. 
From shirk is to do a nether for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is a nether? Remember we translate it as oath. It is ijabu neflin. It is for a person to obligate upon them a voluntary act of worship. Mu'ayyanin. A specific name. It is to obligate upon yourself a act of worship that is voluntary. A voluntary act of worship. To obligate upon yourself a specific Voluntary act of worship. To obligate upon yourself a specific voluntary act of worship. For example, fasting on Mondays and Thursdays. Is it, is it, is it obligatory? No. So it's, it's sunnah, right? It's, it's nafil, right? It's voluntary. A person says, I take an oath. Lillahi aliyya nadrun. An asuma. I take an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I will fast every Monday and Thursday. In that case, what has he done there? He has obligated upon himself. It has now become obligated upon himself. Okay? And the way to do it, for a person to do it is, لِلَّهِ عَلِيَّ نَذْرٌ I take an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but by Allah. Here's the point where it becomes shirk or kufr or, or, or deed or not. Is that he says, I do it, I take an oath by Allah to fast or to do itikaf in the masjid for 10 days or to slaughter an animal or any act of worship. This is called a nadru. That's what nadr is. Is that clear what nadr is? First of all, first masala. Second masala, before I lose my train of thought. Second masala is another. What is the ruling of another? Is it wajib? Is it sunnah? Is it good? Is it bad? We say the another are different types. There is one type of another which is called nadrul mujazah, which is one which a lot of people they fall into. Nadrul mujazah. Nadrul mujazah is for a person to say, I promise to Allah to do this and this such and such act of worship. If they give me this good grade. If Allah provides me with this job. If Allah cures the person who's ill. Have you heard that before? People who did it, right? There's a condition. a condition with Allah. That's the first type of nether. And this type of nether is makruh, disliked. It's disliked. And it is not an act of worship. But you have to fulfill it. But you have to fulfill it. So if someone says to it, someone says, I promise to Allah that I'm going to do such and such act of worship if this person is cured, if my mother is cured, if my brother, if my son, or my child is cured. And that child is cured, then he has to fulfill that another. If there's a hundred days of fasting, you have to do a hundred days of fasting. Right? But just the oath in itself is makruh. But taking the oath in itself is makruh. But fulfilling it is obligatory. The, condi- the condition is makruh, not the actual oath. Right? The oath, that, that oath, which is the oath with that, that type of oath, which is the mujazah. The oath of. That has condition. That has condition. What would be the punishment if they didn't fulfill that promise? Then you have taken off with Allah. It's a sin. It's a sin. It's like swearing by other than Allah. Not swearing by Allah and not doing it. You say, Wallah, I'm going to do this and you don't do it. It's a sin. So you don't have to do nothing other than... Because I heard that... Oh, you have to do kafara. You have to pay a penalty. Which is the same penalty as breaking an oath. So you say, Wallah, I'm going to do this and you don't do it. You have to pay a penalty. And the penalty is... لا يأخذكم الله باللغو في إيمانكم ولكن يأخذكم بما عقدتم الإيمان فكفارته إطعام عشرة مساكين يفيد تن people من أوسط ما تطعمون أهليكم أو كسرتهم أو you clothe them أو تحرير رقبة أو you feel free as lady فإن لم يجد if you can't do those three فصيام ثلاثة أيام بفاصل three days that's for another as well same thing because the كفارة of another is the كفارة of اليمين the كفارة of this another is the كفارة of breaking an oath نعم طلع do you get a reward, let's say, um, you, you, you say, okay, I swear I'm going to fast 100 days, like you said. You get a reward for the fast. Yeah, you get a reward for the fast. 
Because Allah says, يُوفُونَ بِالنَّذْرِ He praised the slaves of Allah. When He says, يُوفُونَ بِالنَّذْرِ وَيَخَافُونَ يَوْمَنْ كَانَ شَرُّهُ مُسْتَطِيرًا When they, He says about the, the slaves of Allah who go to, who are going to be in Jannah, He said that they fulfill their, their nether. So fulfilling another is an act of worship. But initiating it is an act of worship. In that case, no, it's makruh. It's like, and you have to initiate it. No. You have to fulfill it. The, the reason it's disliked is because it's insinuating that you need to do something. Exactly, that's what I'm going to come to next. Why is it disliked? Is disliked for you to say this type of nadr because it is the Prophet said, It's only took, taken out of someone who's stingy. Allah gave you your life, Allah gave you your sustenance, Allah gave you your rizq. Okay? But you're only going to do this act of worship if Allah gives you another thing? We take questions after. Let me finish this another part and then we start with the other questions. طيب, write down the questions so you don't forget. طيب, so that's why إنما يستخرج به من البخيل. As for fulfilling the nether, then it's an act of worship. طيب, the second type of nether is the nether المطلق, the general nether. And that nether is for a person to say لله علي نذر. I promise to Allah that I'm going to do itikaf in the masjid for 10 days for example. No condition. This type of nether, there is a difference of opinion amongst the scholars. It, it, is it an act of worship? Is it good or is it bad? Is it maghrib? Hmm. طيب, is it an act of worship or not? Is it a good act of worship or not? The, Wallahu alam, the correct opinion is that it is an act of worship. For a person to do nazar without any condition. Because Allah says, وَمَا أَنْفَقْتُمْ مِنْ نَفَقَةٍ أَوْ نَذَرْتُمْ مِنْ نَذْرٍ فَإِنَّ اللَّهِ يَعْلَمُ Whatever you spend for the sake of Allah. Or you do a nazar. So he made spending for the sake of Allah, charity, and nazar in the same category. So they're both acts of worship. أَوْ نَذَرْتُمْ مِنْ نَذْرٍ فَإِنَّ اللَّهِ يَعْلَمُ Allah knows about it. Meaning he knows the reward is going to be, he's going to give to that person. Therefore, initiating the nazar, al-mujaza, is makruh. And initiating the nazar, which is general, it is mustahab, it is sunnah. As for fulfilling both of them, then it is wajib. As for someone who doesn't fulfill them, then they have to pay the kafaratul yameen, which we mentioned, which is to feed ten people, or to clothe them, or to free a slave. And if you can't do that, you fast three days, and that is the nazar. Given this nazar for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how a person says, for Badui, for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I swear, I take another by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that if this person is cured, then I'm going to do this and that. This is an act of major shirk, and it takes a person out of Islam. Is that clear? Is that clear? Another. Okay? Let's look at the evidences, then inshallah questions quickly. Allah says, يُوفُونَ بِالنَّذْرِ They fulfill their promises. Yani those people who are the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Insan, who mentions them. They, and so Allah praises them for fulfilling their promise. Therefore, fulfilling your promise is a fulfilling your nazar is a an act is an act of worship. And Allah says, "Wama anfaqatum min nafaqatin aw nazaratum min nazarin fa inna Allah yaalamu." Any nazar that you make, then Allah knows it. Meaning, Allah knows the reward that's going to come for it. Therefore, it is an act of worship to initiate. So the first evidence is in fulfilling the nazar. The second evidence is initiating the nazar. Both of them are mustahab if there is no mujaza. طيب. وفي الص... no condition يعني. وفي الصحيح إن صحيح عن عائشة رضي الله عنها أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من نذر أن يطيع الله فليطعه ومن نذر أن يعصي الله فلا يعصيه. Whoever promises to obey Allah, then let him obey him. And whoever promises to uh, uh, disobey Allah سبحانه وتعالى, then he should not disobey Allah سبحانه وتعالى. في مسائل الأولى وجوب الوفاء بالنذر is obligatory to fulfill your نذر. الثانية إذا ثبت كونه عبادة. If we have affirmed now that it is an act of worship to Allah, then giving it to other than Allah is a type of shirk. The person fulfill or a person promises to do a sin, then it is not allowed for you to fulfill that nether. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi